This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. You work at a job and you deal with chronic pain. And in order to alleviate that chronic pain, you are on some painkillers, painkillers that your employer is probably well aware of because they know that that's what it takes for you to be able to make it through the day and still come in as an employee. What if to alleviate that pain, you are using medicinal marijuana? What kind of reaction would you get or have you received from your employer? Have you had to have that conversation? 403-974-8255. That's the conversation we're having this afternoon. And I am bringing in Kate Shane. Kate Shane is Director of Patient Care with Natural Health Services. Hello, Kate. Hello, and on the other line, I am bringing in Richard, and I'm just using Richard because Richard is in a position where he doesn't want his name used because he hasn't been able to have that kind of an open conversation with his employer. Richard, thanks so much for coming on the air with us. Thanks a lot. First of all, Kate, for people who aren't familiar with Natural Health Services, tell me what your company offers. Uh, well, we are the largest prescribing uh, medical marijuana or mer- medical cannabis uh, company in Western Canada. We have doctors in several cities who will sit down with a patient and through kind of compassionate care and really focusing in on the problem, um, maybe or maybe not uh, suggest that marijuana or cannabis would be the way for them to go. And at that point, we are very education-based. Uh, if they do receive a prescription from one of our doctors, then they will come down and uh, consult with one of the bud geniuses who will kind of walk them through the system. Because as you say, you know, employers are used to painkillers. People are used to painkillers, but we haven't recognized that cannabis is a painkiller for, you know, a few decades now, a few generations, even though for thousands of years before that, it was fully recognized. It was primary care, but now it's considered an alternative health care. So we guide them through the process of you know, knowing what they're doing is right, basically going to a licensed producer who will serve their needs. There's about 35 of them in Canada, so it can get a bit overwhelming for somebody just coming into the system to try to fit their, you know, their problem with, with a solution. So it's not as if you actually dispense the marijuana. You get them in touch with whatever um, marijuana producer is there for them for their particular needs? That's exactly right. Yeah, we have no product on site. Uh, not Not a dispensary by any stretch of the imagination. We are strictly uh, a prescriber and then an education center for for medical cannabis. Richard, what led you to Natural Health Services? Um, Well, I was having a lot of pain and uh, just taking uh, anti-inflammatories to help deal with it was really, really hard on my stomach and taking that in conjunction with muscle relaxants and things to help me sleep at night. It was just I was taking a whole cocktail of medication constantly, and it was just too hard on my body. It's just too much to take. And if I can alleviate, you know, all of this medication, if I can get rid of all of this medication by utilizing cannabis, I mean, it's 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 so much easier. It's so much better for me. It's so much healthier for me. And and in the long run, it's it's I'm not filling my body full of all kinds of pills. You get to that point then where you want to change from all the painkillers you say. So do you just go to your doctor and have this conversation? I'm, I'm just curious sort of the steps that you had to take. I did have the conversation with my family doctor ahead of time before I approached Natural Health Services. 
And my family doctor is uh, an older, it's an older woman that you wouldn't think would be necessarily for this type of thing. And she was very, very for it. And she had told me that she had sent patients to natural health services before. And she deals with a lot of elderly patients, geriatric patients and stuff like that. And I was really, I was actually pretty surprised how, how forward she was with it. Richard, do you then have to, from that doctor, get, is it a, a license or a card that says you are able to purchase the medicinal marijuana? My family doctor didn't write a prescription or anything like that for me. She just directed me to the natural health services team. And from there, uh, I was able to speak with a doctor that was there. And then uh, from there, I went to the education center downstairs. And they, they, they really helped me out with a lot of the choices that I needed to make because I really didn't know a lot about using cannabis and what types of cannabis I should be using, like strains of it, and how to utilize it best to suit my needs. Kate, then I'm curious, how do you get that from, obviously Richard said no, the doctor didn't give him any card. I mean, do you just take anyone off the street and they say they want to be able to get some marijuana? Um, well, we certainly will welcome anybody who thinks that they want to have that consultation with one of our doctors. But ultimately, it's the doctor who decides whether or not that's a fit or not. Um, and as Richard was indicating, a lot of times it's just maybe, you know, a lot of the elderly people will be uh, hearing about the fact that it's a great anti-inflammatory. So we get a lot of, of patients who have never tried cannabis before at all. A, a lot of kids, a lot of, you know... Uh, seniors it's really quite it's not what you would think it is um, it's just that more the more and more education is coming into the system the more people are realizing that they have alternatives and those alternatives aren't necessarily a bad thing uh, for instance with the elderly or with kids we'll we'll just go with a usually a strictly CBD strain which means completely non-psychoactive no and THC we often hear no of, right THC. okay that's right right I mean oftentimes THC is necessary for some heavier pain but um, if you're dealing with anxiety or arthritis or back pain, CBD is going to help you through your day, basically, and not give you any high associated with the cannabis. So your doctors at Natural Health Services, are they the ones that determine whether a Richard or anyone else uh, gets the... I keep hearing, what is it? Is it called the medicinal marijuana card? Like, is there... Um, well, yes. In, in a matter of speaking... Uh, they are the ones who determine it, but they're not the ones who provide it. Okay. Uh, they they basically uh, will say, yes, now you've got a prescription, so we are going to direct you to a licensed uh, producer who will help you with right. whatever you need. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's a CBD oil, and there's only a few licensed producers who will manufacture what we would consider a, a great strain, and they'll have it on hand all the time, and we know their delivery schedule is going to be consistent. So, you know, we'll maybe recommend them to them. So, for instance, uh, that licensed producer may be somebody like Metrum. Um, so Metrum would then put the patient in their system and would then indicate to the patient that, uh, yes, they're cleared for, for ordering. And at that time, the patient would order. It would be delivered to their house. It would take a couple days usually. Um, and within the box, uh, which is very discreet, by the way, um, they might be given a card. But most importantly, on the actual containers is the prescription with all of the, uh, you know, your name dosage. and your dosage mm -hmm. and all that. So that that is what makes it legal. That is if you're traveling in uh, across Canada, you can take a flight from one end to the other with your prescription as long as you have 
your ID and uh, the fact that it's in the original container. Yeah. And the only reason I'm even stressing or dealing with this card, I've had a couple of parents say, yeah, my, my son's friend, he's 16, and all of a sudden he got the card to be able to get medicinal marijuana, and I don't think he should even have that. So that's that's the, I'm, I'm just curious if you've heard of that, is that teenagers could come to natural health services and say, I'm dealing with stress, I need medicinal marijuana. Well, it's possible for them to be able to do that, but our doctors are on, you know, <laughs> they're very conscientious yeah, about who good. they're prescribing to. And typically the parents will come in with them and they have to basically say that, yes, we've tried other things and this is the history with it. It's not, you know, it's the doctors are not easily fooled, basically. Um, and anything to do with the medical marijuana card. I mean, I've heard things like that, too, when it comes to dispensaries, which are completely illegal. Uh, you'll see them in every major city probably where you can go in and say, uh, you know, here's my card. So I am, I'm okay to buy only uh, you're not okay to buy. It's not legal. They can shut it down at any point. So it, it is the actual prescription on the bottle that will make it legal. All right. I just wanted to do a bit of background on this. So let's take a break because the reason I invited Richard and Kate on is this concern that how employers handle medicinal marijuana and uh, curious if some employers are a little more receptive than others. What about when it comes to insurance? Because again, this is a drug and what does insurance cover? We'll handle those questions coming up next. We know, of course, that the federal liberal government is going to be introducing legislation probably next spring. And as it works its way through the the courts and everything else, we'll fi- probably finally have some legalization when it comes to marijuana. They have said, I've heard, you know, by 2018. But uh, this is another conversation that we're having when it comes to medicinal marijuana. A couple of guests joining me this hour. Kate Shane, she's the director of patient care with Natural Health Services, and Richard, who who actually is one of their patients. So uh, Richard, Kate, thanks for hanging on here. And so I wanted to, we've set up the background on this. Now I want to know how employers do deal with this. Richard, does your employer know you take medicinal marijuana? No, absolutely not. It would, it, it'd be a big no-no for me. Why? Um, I work in a what they would say is a safety-sensitive job. Mm-hmm. But uh, I treat cannabis as medication, and it's not something that I use at work. Is someone clapping behind you? Uh, it's, sorry, it's it just sounded like someone was giving you a round of applause. No, it's my dog. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you work in a sensitive uh, job or a safety-sensitive job. However, you say that you would treat it just like any other painkiller and you wouldn't be taking it on the job? That's right. It's uh, it's the same as taking heavy-duty cold medication during the day for me. It would be the same as taking uh, heavy-duty muscle relaxants. It's just not something that I would do during the day. During the day, I, I have to deal with regular over-the-counter anti-inflammatories like everybody else. But, so Richard, your your employer ha- is, is okay with you taking anti-inflammatories or other pain relief, but you, you don't even want a chance having this conversation about medicinal marijuana. No, I don't think so. Not in the sector of employment that I'm in. I think, I think that there's a bit of an old school mentality there where uh, that that it's just for it's just for bums, it's for drug abusers, it's for hippies. It's not for you know. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that people are misinformed about it. And the strain that I'm taking is a super high t- uh, CBD and uh, like as low as THC as I could possibly use. I, I have no interest in the high that marijuana provides at all. I'm not interested in it. 
Kate, I, I'm assuming you've heard Richard's story before, or stories like Richard's before. Absolutely. So many people come in and they, they are so, uh, they underline the fact that they really don't want to be high during the day. They just want to find relief. And yet CBD will, if you take it enough, still show up on a drug test. Um, so whether or not there's any high associated with it, you could still be, you know, said to be, to be high at work, basically. And as I understand it, something like cocaine in and out of your system pretty quick. Oh, Marijuana, it can be there for a month after you've um, smoked a joint or in, ingested marijuana oil? Absolutely. And, you know, just as an aside, our, our recommendation, of course, is that you would vape the cannabis. So uh, you're just, you're not actually doing anything carcinogenic. You're not harming your system in any way. You're heating the plant to a point where... Uh, it's vaporized and you can inhale. Uh, so it's not, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are associated with the old school of standing on the corner and smoking a joint, but that's not the look of it these days with, with, the, um, with the methods of ingestion at this point. Even if you vape, will you still pick up uh, in a drug test even though it's vaped and there's yes. no tea or a low amount of THC in it? You could possibly because the test is so sensitive that even any amount of THC within the CBD could show up on a test. And everybody's just, you know, kind of the dialogue is not open enough for people to be confident that their employers will understand the difference even. And I think that's where it's got to start is just a more open dialogue. Kate, medicinal marijuana has been around for a number of years, and yet it still doesn't have a drug identification number. And I think that's usually what stops a lot of whether it be insurance companies or even employers from recognizing it as a medical drug. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, since 2000, it's been legal medically, but um, you're quite right. The uh, It's got no drug identification number at this point. Once it does, more than likely within the next year or so, uh, then we can start looking at it as a classified drug. But until that time, that's, you know, kind of a, a loophole for any of the insurance companies or, or any of the employers to say, um, you know, we're not considering it a real uh, treatment plan, basically. Are there employers out there who are a little more, I hate to even use the word progressive because then we're talking politics, but uh, are there employers out there who have medical plans and, and recognize that some of their employees may be using medicinal marijuana? Yes, and their plans are around, especially if the job involves any kind of safety. Their plans usually will say that uh, a person must disclose if there is any kind of impairment on the job. So... Um, we like to think that that will lead the way for impairment within the cannabis area because certainly, you know, it's not a free ride. It's not a ticket like now I'm legal, now I have a, a medical card, now I have a prescription so I can do whatever the heck I want. It does not work that way. You basically have to follow the same impairment laws that you would with alcohol or any other prescription drug. And, Mar and Richard, that's what you were saying. You, you recognize that the line of work you do, that you would make sure that you weren't ever high. And in fact, it sounds like the medical marijuana you take wouldn't even give you a high. I mean, different things uh, affect people differently, of course. I mean, no matter how low it is, I mean, Advil is going to affect you different than it is me. You know, maybe you only need one to alleviate a headache where someone else needs something else. It's difficult to, it's difficult to quantify that. But for me, 
uh, just to avoid the risk, I just don't bother. I don't, I don't, I just mitigate the yeah. risk and I don't want to put anybody else at risk. I'm getting a number of texts here, so let me fire a couple of questions at you. Probably Kate, uh, someone asking, is it expensive when you compare it to other painkillers? Well, yes and no. <laughs> and I guess every um, case is different, but uh, just yeah. uh, that question. Yeah, well, for instance, um, most of the people who work at Natural Health Services are uh, are actually prescribed. Uh, so I, my prescription is 0.5 a day, so 0.5 grams a day, and I usually do a CBD oil because it's anti-inflammatory. Uh, it deals with any kind of, you know, pain or arthritis that I might be having. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it's a fairly low dosage, but it's a consistent kind of micro dose. So for me, it looks like maybe 75 bucks a month. It's barely anything but you know for chronic cases that um really require a lot like up to three grams a day then you're looking at a lot more money certainly there's compassionate pricing around that where most of the licensed producers will offer 30 percent off you can claim it on your income tax uh, as a medical expense um and you i can claim it you can claim it yeah. on your income tax as a medical expense but yet Absolutely. insurance companies don't recognize yeah. it I'm told that two insurance companies might, but I don't feel comfortable okay. saying their names because I haven't done the research about <laughs> Yeah, no problem. But I'm just curious. So uh, if that person, let's say, is taking three grams and how much it would cost a month, how that could compare to the cost of another type of painkiller? You know, I, I, I would just yeah, be curious about that. It is expensive, but if you consider the fact that the other painkiller is probably going to be doing damage to their intestinal system, to their kidneys, to their liver, uh, and, you know... The, the fact that the cannabis is being received by your endocannabinoid system, so it's going systematically to where the problem occurs, and there's no other damage involved. Uh, so, you know, expensive versus really, you know, wise in a way. It's, it's a wise use of your funds, and hopefully it will be covered at some point. But for now, we're dealing with, yes, you can write it off on your income tax, and yes, you can probably get compassionate pricing. And yes, most producers will do probably, a, you know, a $3 or $4 gram um, versus the average $10 gram. And you'll still get the benefits. You just, you know, you won't uh, have as many choices of strains, basically, or the THC uh, value in that higher price. Richard, is it, is it expensive for you? Uh, I think it's worth it for me. I don't. I wouldn't say it was expensive. I would say that it's completely worth it. Uh, taking anti-inflammatory is just so incredibly hard on my system. It just, I don't know how much more my guts can take, to be mm. honest with you. Richard, you know what? I, I'm going to say goodbye to Richard. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing your story on the air with us. Thanks. Okay, I'm saying goodbye to Richard, but Kate, can you hold on? I'm getting a lot of texts and probably questions that you'd be able to answer. Can you hang on through our newscast and then answer those questions after? I will try my best. Perfect. Okay, Kate Shane, she is with Natural Health Services. I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. We're talking about medical cannabis in the workplace and how receptive some of those workplaces are to it. So we had Richard on in the last half hour and he won't tell his employer because he says his line of work, it's a safety sensitive uh, job and he doesn't want them to know. He doesn't take it during work. He has to deal with a whole bunch of anti-inflammatories, which he says is just hard on his gut. So uh, I want to hear from you, 403-974-8255. You know that's the number to call and text. Kate Shane is helping me answer some of the questions that I'm receiving on text. Uh, she is with the Natural Health Services. And for those of you joining us, Kate, a simple definition of natural health services... 
We uh, have doctors on staff who are compassionate providers of medical cannabis prescriptions. So kids, uh, seniors, mostly actually, who aren't necessarily accessing it on the street, who aren't looking for high THC necessarily, who are, uh, sorry, you said short, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but still. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll provide uh, a prescription if it's a fit, and then we'll send them down to bud gurus who will give them an education, hopefully, on that. Uh, I've got a text here. Kids need cannabis? What a joke. See, I think you've got that attitude out there, Kate, that oh, people absolutely. who are, uh, yeah. and especially yeah. kids, what are kids using cannabis for other than to get high? So uh, yeah. set this texter straight. Well, you know, and thank you for texting that because that is, I think, the feeling of a lot of people who haven't gone through the educational process. For instance, CNN's uh, Sanjay Gupta uh, is a, a reporter who and a doctor uh, who did his own research onto CBD, which is completely non-psychoactive, and children who are, you know, uh, dealing with epileptic fits or even autism sometimes. Uh, and he came out of those two documentaries, which I would highly recommend you watch. They're called Weeds, with a completely different view on the topic and knowing that, yes, this has been in our history for thousands of years. It's only in the past few decades that, you know, basically in 1942, the AMA Association, uh, when they were told they, they had no, no longer any access to cannabis to treat their patients, they fought that. The doctors fought that in 1942. They lost, obviously, but there was a reason they fought that. They knew that it was a naturally occurring uh, thing in your system that that was basically suppressed to such a point that the it's technical, but the like the phytocannabinoids in marijuana would deal with the cannabinoid system uh, within our own bodies, within our, our own immune systems. And I'm just going to say quickly, because I know everything has to be timely here, uh, but we do have education nights at, at our center Wednesdays from 6.30 to 7.30 for any of these questions. And it's run by incredibly aware and knowledgeable individuals. So just putting that out there. Kate, do you think this whole conversation is going to be moot in a year, year and a half when we have um, the legalization of even recreational marijuana that companies will be forced to take a look at marijuana within their medical health policies? Yeah, and it's going to be a little bit more difficult because then they're going to have to accommodate the people who have prescriptions and restrict the people who are, you know, thinking Using that. It. Yeah, recreational, yeah. basically. And, yeah. you know, they're usually two different types and two different types of medication. But, uh, yeah, the workplace, you know, the problem now is the policies are outdated. The testing is outdated. And it really does contravene, like, human rights legislation saying that we have uh, the ability to go out and source the medical marijuana or cannabis that will help whatever we need help with. Um, so the employers aren't necessarily educated on medical cannabis you know they don't know what it's capable of doing they don't know that there's some of it that's just completely non-psychoactive and and once somebody discloses to them they don't know how to handle it they don't know the responsibility for managing it in the workplace so you know sometimes the the people disclosing are treated as addicts or criminals or you know it, it basically shuts down any kind of disclosure yeah. that the employer wanted in the first place to make sure that if any safety issues are at hand that they're brought to the forefront but you know the other employees see that whoever did disclose and try to be honest is treated punitively 
And how likely are they going to disclose, which does create a dangerous circumstance? Well, here's a text that says, we had a meeting with our Western Canada safety officer regarding potential marijuana legalization. He said testing will become much more common and a new policy of if they seem off today, send them home. (laughs) In the construction and oil industry, this is going to become a major issue. And I think this texter is referring to the legalization of recreational marijuana. But as you said, it's going to make it even more more difficult to be able to tell the people who are being treated with medical cannabis as opposed to those who are just using it recreationally. Yeah, and we do advise to that, you know, along with this dialogue, they they might consider even bringing the doctor into the scenario so that like a dosing regime, for instance, can be uh, laid out and it, on a case-by-case basis, basically, like we heard from Richard, he does CBD or TH uh, during the day, you know. So if the doctor were to explain on a case-by-case basis to the employer, I know it's time-consuming, but it's a whole lot less time-consuming than firing people or, or being, you know, sued for breach of human rights violations. So the doctor could say, okay, what what is the method of ingestion what is the timing of ingestion what is the type of strain being ingested how much is being ingested and could really put a lot of fears at ease yeah just by clarifying those things well and here's another text it says cannabis and aggression there is a concerning link when it's legalized what about safety of those with compromised respiratory health exposed to this recreational use equals dope is for dopes only medicinally manage this product through pharmacies so there's a lot of uh, things you probably have to clarify with that texter when it comes to medicinal marijuana. And I, and I think Lara is talking more about what about when it becomes recreational and it's the same thing we have to be concerned with with secondhand smoke. Yeah, it's not as carcinogenic as secondhand smoke, but um, certainly, yeah, those are, I mean, it's just a matter of people using their, hopefully their good sense, like there will be smoking zones uh, that have to be observed. It's not just like you can smoke anywhere, like with anything else. And and most people who are doing it medically aren't smoking. well, they're vaping. vaping they're vaping yeah. or they're doing oils. That's, yeah. that's the trend. That's what we're yeah. finding because yeah. they don't want to be ostracized or labeled any more than, you know, the people who want to do that to them, basically. Kate, here's one text that says, I do use marijuana at work sometimes when my anxiety kicks in. I don't even talk to most of my coworkers, but when I smoke, I feel better. I get along and then work in one piece. So this is, I'm getting a lot of texts from people who are sharing that they don't want to share their name, obviously, but already you're seeing a lot of people turning to it to um, relieve stress or anxiety. Yes, and that is where the medical part is so important because if they're looking to self-medicate from like dispensaries, for instance, not that dispensaries aren't, you know, knowledgeable on their product, they are, but medically speaking, like we have such strict dosing criteria that you know that you're not getting any THC, for instance, which is going to promote more anxiety, (laughs) that you know that the strain that you're going to be getting is going to reduce your anxiety like a CBD would, for instance, or, you know, it, it's, that's why the medical aspect of it is so important. Not to mention the fact that, you know, it's grown under such strict regulations and it's tested three times and we know exactly what's in it. And Health Canada will revoke a license in a second if you're spraying your mold, for instance, which they do all the time on the street. Kate, only because I know I was only supposed to have you for a half an hour, and I'm just getting so many texts that I won't be able to answer these questions. Uh, am I okay to have you until 4 o'clock? I hate to extend your time here. 
Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah, I will remind you, our education center has, has all the questions Wednesday night, 630 to 730 as well. That's, that's great information. And you know what? Employers should be checking that out as well. Okay, let's put Kate on hold. You can continue to send all the texts. Phone as well, 974-8255-403-974-8255. I've got some calls, lots of texts. We'll do that after this. Lots of thoughts when it comes to uh, medical marijuana, medical cannabis, and how employers are dealing with it. And according to Kate Shane with Natural Health Services, they're just not dealing with it. Kate, I want to get in a few phone calls here, all right? Let me just uh, go to Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, how's it going? It's going um, well. Great. My question to you, Kate, is your physicians, and I think it's great what you're doing, but your physicians, just to clarify, are they homeopathic physicians or are they licensed by the College of Physicians of Alberta? Uh, oh, they're completely licensed. They're not. I mean, I'm I'm not right. even sure about homeopathic and how yeah, they are. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Uh, no, but they are. There, we have a psychiatrist. We have uh, and MDs as well. Sure. And you know what, Angela? To be absolutely honest with you, with so many, I think we're all stigmatized by this idea that the only way to take marijuana is to smoke it. I don't take it, but you know, you're hearing so many of these innovative ways, vaping and uh, oil. oil and all of that. Yeah. And I really don't have a problem with it as long as they're not driving uh, and uh, and high. Well, and driving and high. And Eric, thanks for that call. And uh, back to, Kate, what you've said earlier, uh, a, a lot of the strains, you make sure that there is low to no THC, uh, that it's higher in the CBD? Yes, and they do sign a consent form after uh, their consultation, which, you know, states like they recognize that if they do have any THC within their uh, medicine that you know uh, Health Canada advises that they wait for four hours before driving and of course be completely sober. You know what and actually when you talked about Sanjay Gupta and his documentary did you say Weeds is the name of it? Yes Weeds. It was just this week that we also heard the Toronto Hospital for Sick Kids is conducting research into uh, using CBD cannabis for children who are severe, uh, have epilepsy. So, uh, you know, we, we do see more and more people trying to at least research it when it comes to the anti-convulsant nature of it. Let me squeeze in a, another phone call here. Hi, Doug. Hi, how are you doing, Angela? Doing well. What's your question for Kate? Um, yes, I, I'm, I have a chronic condition where I have to take quite a bit of morphine. And the reason I've kind of stayed away from looking at marijuana is in regards to travel and the ability to cross borders. Because I can do that now, but I'm not sure what happens if you want to cross the border. Right. Uh, And good point. Because it is, you know, it's a federal law. So uh, like coast to coast, of course, we're fine um, as long as we have it in the original container. But, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to be crossing borders with it. Into the U.S. Right. Which we've always found interesting because, of course, not all of the states are legalizing marijuana, and that's the problem. It's not a a federal decision. It's state by state. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, maybe someday, I'm sure someday that will change. They've been... Progressive, as you say, Angela. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in their approach, Doug, Doug, thanks for the question. Uh, lots of texts I want to get to. One person says, I have chronic depression and I have thought about taking weed. That person sounds like they should take in your Wednesday education night. Um, Absolutely, Another yeah. person says, calms me down when I get anxious, helps me with perspective when depressed or feeling low. Would you agree, Kate? I would, depending on the strain. And that, again, is why education is of the utmost importance because... If you're doing, like, for instance, an indica, which we basically say indicouch because it's more of a, uh, a body-relieving uh, kind of thing, so uh, you might be 
more inclined to feel a little bit more depressed mm. if you're that way inclined to begin with, whereas a sativa, for instance, is more energizing and uplifting. So it's all about the education around it. Kate, uh, I'm receiving a number of texts because we talked about the cost of it. And mm-hmm. uh, some people are texting in saying it's cheaper to buy it on the streets. And I think that's the concern, isn't it? What you're getting on the streets? Uh I can't really speak to that because I haven't bought it on the street, but I do know that um, the prices with the LPs, as I kind of mentioned, like they go anywhere from three fifty a gram to fifteen dollars a gram. But uh, I'd be surprised if it were less than three fifty a gram on the street. And you know, again, we're talking about wisdom and not putting something into your system that you have no idea if if it's synthetic for instance if it's coming from an, another country yeah. and they're just spraying a leaf with synthetic it it could actually you could OD on that whereas with medical cannabis there is no risk whatsoever of ODing Here's a good text. On the cannabis topic, I started cannabis treatment in November and I finally sleep at night. I'm less angry and I fear less. Have that's you heard awesome. those You've heard those stories? So many times it's that's why I'm so committed to the cause, really. It sounds like, you know. Okay. You know, I, I just want to share more of these texts, and I've got a few phone calls that I might be able to squeeze in here, too. If I'm using you for an hour, I might as well use you right up till 4 o'clock, Kate, okay? For sure. For <laughs> one, sure. one person here says, we live in the social reality dominated by the fear of failure. We need something other than antidepressants and less harmful Hmm. I, I think I'm understanding what that texture is saying, that in this society where we have this fear of failure and this stress, that some people are too quick to turn to drugs like an antidepressant as opposed to something less harmful. I think that's what that person is saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I know you'd probably agree with that. Um, uh, one here. The THC is too strong. The oils are good. It doesn't help me sleep. I can write them off. The CVS is really good. I don't know what CVS is. Did, is that something I should know? Maybe or they missed text. The oil really isn't cheap. Uh, it needs the CBD. Uh, Kate, have you ever heard of CVS? Am I just reading uh, someone who mistexted something? It could be CBD that they're... Yeah. Kate Chain is my guest. She's with Natural Health Services. Let me squeeze in a few phone calls here, Kate. Hi, Phil. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. What's your story when it comes to medical cannabis? Uh, Well, actually, I'm a medicinal user myself. I use it to manage symptoms related to PTSD. Uh, But I'm kind of in a unique position because I also have ADHD. So if my ADHD is uh, overly medicated... I tend to have more issues with my PTSD, so I actually use tend to use uh, high THC strains to manage my PTSD. Bill, that's a lot of acronyms, and I think we just lost your signal. Are you still there? I don't know. Bill? Okay, Kate, so I, and I know you're not the doctor, but this is part of that job of the medical doctors that you have at Natural Health Services. They kind of look at what you're dealing with and how you should be prescribed what type of medical cannabis. Absolutely. Um, And the other thing is that all of the licensed uh, producers will have very uh, in-depth websites dealing with, um, you know, specific kind of concerns as well as helplines. So, and I might mention too that um, you do need a medical prescription, of course, if you are uh, working and uh, if you run into any kind of trouble, it has to be recognized as a doctor prescribed, uh, you know, medicine kind of thing because otherwise 
nobody can help you if if it's not prescribed by the doctor kind of thing, legally speaking, at least. All right. Uh, let um, me, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, like, the I, uh, what a lot of people do is a combination therapy because a lot of their conditions do kind of contradict each other or, like, a THC would be required at night for sleeping, whereas they have anxiety during the day and a THC is definitely not required. So, yes, that is where the doctor or any of the informational sites would, would be so helpful. And, you know, even methods of ingestion and how long it takes to get into your system, you, you have to look at all of that to... Um, really get down to what helps you specifically. And the nice thing about alternative health care is you're not just given a prescription and told to take a pill every day. You're, you're basically hands-on with getting in touch with your system and what is helping your system. So you're playing a big part in your own health and recovery and prevention. Kate, someone says, who pays for the consultation to get the marijuana prescription? Alberta Healthcare. Alberta Healthcare pays for that. Wow. Well, it is legal. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so it's so weird why some things, yeah, it's legal, but yet some other things are like, no, we're not going to cover that because it doesn't have its drug identification number, you know? Right. Yeah, it's a process. Yeah, it's definitely a process. And um, uh, one texter just is saying, and sorry, I've been sending you so many texts, but um, obviously this topic has hit a nerve. But the one thing he says, please decriminalize. I don't have my medical card as it stands, but want to get a prescription. Little nervous that a doctor will tell me I do not need it what happens then i continue to smoke quote unquote illegally and one last thing from jess says my boss allows me to smoke and actually wants us to do what we need to do to help our ailments and concerns but i work in the adult industry so it's a very different world wow jess is sharing a lot with us kate thank you so much for sharing your hour with us and answering all these questions my pleasure and don't forget natural health services has compassionate prescription writing so if you're not willing to talk to your doctor, come talk to one of ours. Perfect. Kate, you get the last word. Thanks so much for that. Thank you. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.